Hello. <laughs> Hello oh, there. Hi. I posted I a thing big piece of bread in my mouth. Just a big piece of sandwich in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right. It right. And I'm recording, and I'm like, here you go. <laughs> I posted a picture of a, of a beer yesterday and you commented, you're like, yay, Sudworks. Are you familiar with Sudworks? Yeah, so I used to live in Davis. Where is oh, that? Oh, yeah, and it's a Davis, it's a Davis brewery, you're right. Oh, yeah, and so when I lived there, I was in my, like, I lived there during college age because I lived there from about, like, 21 to, like, 25. And uh i used to like they did they used to i really hope they don't have this anymore because it was a dangerous <laughs> special there was two bars in davis that have these are these are two two davis things so sudworks used to have a dollar pint night on nice. wednesdays nice i don't know if they do anymore i would say they probably have like two dollar pint night or 250 pint night. i don't know if they could i don't know i i, I it's like you really can't let college students pay a dollar for beer they're gonna drink <laughs> 20 beers like it was not good like the most like sick everyone i ever knew like the it was always from going to sudworks so sudworks reminds me of people being just wasted and then there's another there's a bar in davis uh i'm going to assume this bar is probably still there it's called the graduate and they used to have a 10 for one special where you could buy, you could buy, pay for one drink and get 10 drinks. <laughs> what <laughs> the heck? <laughs> yeah, no, this is a real thing. What? Are you wow. serious? Yeah, no. And so like how it would be, it was to get, cause they wanted people to come out early. Cause it was a college town. And so like, sometimes people would like party at home and then they go out and so, like, this bar did this because they wanted people just to come out early. So, to get the 10 for one, you had to get there at, like, 7 or 8 or, like, really early. Like, really early to be drinking 10 drinks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, wow. I lived in, and I lived in a co-op. And what we used to do is that every everybody would kind of buy a round. And so, you would get around and then and then ten, the 10 drinks would go to 10 human beings instead of one person drinking 10 of them oh, that <laughs> um, makes sense. and then yeah so that's kind of what we would do but once it got down to like four for one then a lot of times people were like i'm drinking all four of these drinks <laughs> yeah and yeah. i will say like the sickest that i can ever remember being in public in davis was in the graduate like for sure <laughs> Wearing like early aughts, like black boots that were pointy at the toe that were very popular with the spiky heels. I don't know if you remember those. Just those boots like hanging out of a bathroom stall as my friends look for me. But uh, uh, I can't wait to be back in California. That's the, awesome. I can't. I can't wait. I'm not, you know, it's the best there. You guys live in the best. I think you live in the best place. I, I think so, too. Weather-wise, yeah. pretty damn awesome. Yeah, price-wise, uh, not so much. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, it's crazy, though, because so I, we, I bought that beer here in Tracy, and then we oh, drove an hour and a half to Sacramento to our friend's house, and I took it with me because it was a backyard beer, and the show was a backyard was show. Mm -hmm. And then it was a Davis beer, which apparently is right by Sacramento. Uh -huh. and then the host, I used to live in both places, so yeah. And the host, Angel lives in davis so there's a lot of like davis references and i had that davis beer which nice. was we were like whoa you said you used to live in davis yeah. and we're like dang yeah Absolutely. oh yeah 
I, I love Davis. And Davis is the kind of place, now I've got like a bunch of, now I'm chipmunking my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I do that at work when I'm on the phone. Yeah, that's, you know calls. what? That's actually like, where I learned it. Talk like I don't have food in my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned, I did the, I learned, the, like when I, when I worked on the phone in the call center, I, I learned like how to do so much stuff on the phone, like chew, eat, um, <laughs> Like snooze, cough. You learn exactly when to mute your phone. Yeah, for like just a second, so you can cough really hard or whatever. <laughs> or if you're like me, where like I used to smoke weed while I worked, and so like I'd be like hit my pipe and taking a phone call at the same time. <laughs> nice. If you're like okay, you're on mute real quick. That job was so stressful. Call. It was like the only way to get through it. Yeah, yeah. Call centers are okay, but yeah, I, I work at a call center now, so yeah, I, I feel your pain on that one. Uh, so this is a pretty good place to start. What is yeah. uh, welcome to the hypothetical comedy podcast? I am Funky Sam Medina, and I'm Athena Rodriguez, and we're here with comedian Katie Zane. Woo! Hell we're yeah! Full of food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> comedian and baker. <laughs> How's the uh, so uh, you over there baking and baking your little heart out right now? I guess not. Yeah. Now, now you're eating. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I had a, I had a hard week. Yeah. And one of the things I like to do to like feel better is bake. Same. That's and so I wanted to make this damn I am so disappointed with this cake. Sorry. I'm just like so (laughs) no offense. You're like what the one thing that makes me feel better is baking. (laughs) And I am very disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on the recipe, it was like, don't overmix. And I didn't think I overmixed, but I think I did overmix it. Because, like, I actually do think that's part of why it doesn't taste right. (laughs) Anyway, comedy. Favorite comedy. Very critical of self. I think that's actually pretty on brand for being a comedian. Um, I do, too. For being being a human. (laughs) Really, basically. Mm Because we're all pretty crazy and critical about ourselves <laughs> hell yeah so uh i don't know where do we start so where did you uh you grew up in uh indiana no no uh, virginia virginia okay i was close i'm not at all i remember because i remember you went home recently and i was like oh because I, th- I thought you were from chicago uh but you went home recently to uh yes virginia Yes. Uh, how's uh, how's life in Virginia growing up and stuff? Um, honestly, like it's funny because like I don't care for my hometown. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't like it there. Um, I don't really like Northern Virginia in general. But one of the things that was really great about growing up where I grew up was, and it's part of why my parents picked where we grew up, is that we had mountains and beach and city and like kind of a little everything that I got to be exposed to as a kid. Wow. And so like, I grew up getting to go to like the Shenandoah mountains and then getting to go to like the Atlantic ocean. Like that's pretty cool. Like to have that experience growing up and then growing up really close to Washington, DC, like while as an adult, I don't love how close my family lives to DC because it's kind of scares me. But um, growing up, it was cool because, like, every field trip I ever went on was to D.C. when I was a kid. And oh, so, wow. like, that's cool. Yeah. And, like, um, one of my favorite, this is always, like, one of my favorite I grew up in the Northern Virginia area things to tell people. 
uh, is that in the 90s, uh, so on top of the Capitol building in D.C., there's a statue, this like big, beautiful statue, um, which uh, you maybe you've maybe even like never noticed it because there's like a lot going on. Um, but the next time you like look at an image of the Capitol building, look at the top of it because there's a big statue on top. Well, when I was a kid in the 90s, they brought that statue down to clean it. And so oh, I man. got to see that statue like right up close, which was really fucking cool because it's like on top of a giant building. How often are you going to see that statue up close? <laughs> right, how often they clean it? Like once every maybe 20 years or something? Right, know. exactly. And so like that's one of my favorite like kind of like cool things because of growing up in that area. Wow. Um, wow. Well, well, and 9-11 happened uh, very close <laughs> to where I grew up. So there's also the 9-11 connection there. Oh, that's crazy. Were you, uh, I, I guess that is pretty close. Were you, I guess you were still in Virginia when that happened, 9-11? I was a senior in high school. Um, oh, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was a senior in high school and uh, that happened like the first like two weeks of my senior year or whatever. And um, the girl, this is dark and not comedy, but it's the truth and like reality. So that's also, I think, important. The yeah, girl that's what we're here for. Of, Just yeah, the girl that sat in front of me in my history class, because I was actually in my government class when everything started going down and they were turning on all the TVs in the, in the school. Um, the girl that sat in front of me, her dad died in the Pentagon. Oh, um, wow. Her dad's office was like, ex- like straight, like there was no... His office was like squarely hit by the plane that hit the Pentagon. And so there was like no chance. It was very, very, very sad. And I just, I'll never forget like that girl freaking out. Cause at that time she didn't know that her dad had passed. But when she learned, I think because of like the news and what the news was telling us, I think on the news, they were saying where the plane hit. And I think she knew where her dad's office was or where he worked in the building. And so I think, she, I think she knew or just had a, like a gut feeling mm-hmm. and like knew in class. Cause I just remember her crying and being really upset. And that's like that. And then being told that I had to go to work at the pet store I worked at or like my profound memories from nine 11. <laughs> yeah. I worked at a pet store and I worked at a mall too. And the mall got closed because there was a bomb threat. And so they were like, okay, we're closing this. And I assumed because of the vicinity of the pet store I worked at to the mall that were the, the other place I worked at would also be not open. And they definitely were. And um, they, we were like, <laughs> yeah, we got to make sure that people can buy pet food. Even if there's a bomb scare, pets still get hungry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I like there's, you know, like those days you remember, right? And like, I think a lot of people, especially if they were of a certain age, actually have this thing about dating. Like, I won't date someone who doesn't meaningfully remember 9-11. Like, like, if you don't meaningfully remember that day that I'm like, I can't date you. You don't understand anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're just a little baby. You don't know anything <laughs> at all. <laughs> wow. I mean, that is true, though, like because everybody kind of knows where where you were and what you were doing when mm-hmm. you found out. Yeah. And it's kind of like, like where people know where they were when JFK was shot. Like yeah, it's I do I, yeah, I definitely wasn't born, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I was. <laughs> I remember where I was when Princess Diana died. Oh, I remember where I was too when I found out. Yeah. I yeah. was pretty young too. And you're a few mm-hmm. years younger, so you were really young. Yeah, I was on the phone with my like I was like on my phone uh with the my with, like my best friend who's my best friend that I talk about in some of my stand-up. And uh, we were just 
talking on the phone, bullshitting on like a Sunday or something. I think it was like just a regular old day. And then all of a sudden she was like, turn on the TV. And I was like, okay. And then like we turned, we were watching and we literally like watched the news together on the phone. Wow. Like we were two old ladies, <laughs> except for we, like, <laughs> we were like two 11 year olds being like, what is happening? Wow. Yeah. That was surreal. I remember that. That was like a, just a huge, crazy thing. I had such a, speaking of Princess Diana, I had such a weird like knee jerk reaction when I was looking at the coronation stuff about King Charles uh like they're like king charles and then like camilla and i'm like i'm over here like that should be diana like yeah. I, didn't, like, God, I, felt, I didn't know i felt that way i didn't know until i felt so deeply about it until like i'm watching it and i was like i hate this oh my this god was my moment my moment that i realized okay i'm never invested in this right. shit. like literally oh, it's all and then i saw a video and so i click on it and it's um them crowning camilla and it just like made all the hairs on my neck stick up and it just it was the creepiest feeling i had ever felt and it should be beautiful you know they're crowning someone that is a queen now and it just felt like the grossest thing Uh (laughs) my moment was when i saw a meme that said side chicks there's still hope for you Oh, oh yeah, I've seen a lot of that. Yeah, too. yeah, <laughs> I saw all those memes. You know, it's funny. Yesterday, I saw like a bunch of Prince Charles, or guys, King King. I'm not used to saying that. Uh, I saw a bunch of Prince Charles memes yesterday, and so mm-hmm. I googled to see what was, and that's how I found out that yesterday was the uh, coordination or whatever they call it. The <laughs> Did of. you but say coordination? Corn, corn, <laughs> uh, the crowning, the crowning of. It is the coordination. The coordinate. What do they call? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever, King Charles. My roommate said the same thing. I was teasing her because I thought she said coordination. <laughs> of coordination. But then she was like, what are words? Thinking like coordination. No, she thought I said coordination. And then we were talking about how uh, she was like, yeah, you know, like get it together. And I was like, oh, I thought you meant like putting an outfit together. <laughs> Coordinating an outfit. I'm like, all right. But yeah, we, okay, cool. We're all team Diana. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Clearly. Absolutely. So uh, how did you get like from from uh, Virginia to California? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's called, I was, I got diagnosed with the MS when I was 19. And wow, that, young. that is so young. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I just wanted to get the heck out of Virginia. And I didn't want to be in my hometown anymore. I had a really close friend who had like briefly moved to the Midwest and then moved to, to Davis. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, you got to come out and visit. You got to come out and visit. So in the fall of 2004, I went out for like almost a month to Davis. And then fell in love with it. And I was, you know, 20 years old. And then I came back and I was like, I really want to live in California. I really want to live there. I really want to live there. I really want to live there. And then my mom... I was like kind of miserable. I was like sad. I was like bumming out. And my mom was like, you really want to go there, don't you? Like, that's where you want to go. And I said, yeah. And she's like, all right, I will buy your plane ticket. Like you need to like have a plan when you get there, sort of, which I, I had like a couch to sleep on. And that was like about it. Like I didn't have a job. I had like 20 bucks. 
my grandfather did his grant his 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 famous glad handing thing he does where he likes to sli- he used to like to sli- hit, slide people money. <laughs> he like, like handed old, me like a hundred dollar. We went to dinner and he <laughs> handed me like a hundred dollar bill. Oh wow, that's cool. Uh, um, and and then my mom flew out with me. We we flew out together. She stayed for the first week I was there. Um, I think she just wanted to make sure that like nothing terrible was going to happen to me and it made her feel a lot better to go with me, which makes like, that's really safe. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I watch yeah, a lot of true crime now and I really understand why my mom did that more than just, I did. Yeah. Just to kind of see what your element is and where you yeah, are. Yeah. Like, are you really, do you really have a place to stay? Like, are you, are you just like, staying? You have a place to stay? That way, you know, make sure you're not sleeping on the side of the freeway or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. And so like, that's how I ended up there. That's awesome. So that's a, that was a good way to kind of get your start. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you do in California? Did you end up like, uh, you know, getting a place and getting a job and stuff? Um, I just did like kind of like crappy jobs. Like I worked at a department store. I did work at the best thrift store in the world. Oh, uh, yeah? The uh, YOLO SPCA thrift store. It's on it's on third and D, I think. <laughs> in davis <laughs> um third street and d street um and it's a really really good thrift store it's a really cool environment like i have a couple of friends that like on facebook that i'm still friends with to this day from working there oh. um and uh so that was like a lot of what i did was like working and then i did, lived at the co-op and i did co-op stuff like cooking meals together and um I, uh, so I'm an opportunist. I like to think of myself not as a mooch. I like to think of myself as an opportunist. So like where I see (laughs) like, oh, if I do this, I can, this can happen. And so when I lived at the co-op, I figured out if I was on like the board, I could travel a little. And it's because they would pay for you to fly different places to go to meetings. But it meant you get to go, you got to go different places and you didn't have to pay for the airfare. And that was like pretty cool. And like, not every place was super interesting, but most of it honestly was pretty cool. Like I got to go, um, I did co-op stuff in San Francisco. I got to go to Kansas, which is really random. Uh, Buffalo, (laughs) New York. That is really random. Yeah. And then Ann Arbor uh, does like this big, uh, like, uh, like workshop conference thing every year called Institute. Um, the university like, uh, like lends some of their buildings and spaces for that like event. Um, and that's in Ann Arbor and Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor is like a really adorable, just, it's the only part of Michigan I've seen. I can only, I always, I have to assume the rest of Michigan is adorable, <laughs> uh, just based on Ann Arbor. But that was, that was, uh, that was one of the really, really cool. I should have taken my riddle in before I did this. Sorry about the like. <laughs> Uh, all over the place but like yeah that was one of the best things about living in the co-op was getting to try i got to travel around i got to meet people i have i have like actually the person whose netflix account that i use to this day (laughs) is somebody that i know from the co-op wow Um, that is awesome yeah we've been like trading we have been trading netflix for hbo for years (laughs) um which is about to end because like hbo is starting that new max service or whatever um so i'm not sure i'm gonna have to find out if if, i'm gonna be like is the trade still good (laughs) 
Like, well, how much is HBO? How much is uh, Netflix? No, I have no, I have no idea. <laughs> I haven't like paid for a streaming service in a very long time. Like my ex, when we broke up, left all of his streaming services on my Roku. So like I have all of those streaming services. Um, and not that I, I have that. I recommend uh, on Black Friday. Uh, I usually every year I sign up for Peacock for I get Peacock for a dollar a month for a year and I get Hulu for two dollars a month for a year. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. I should. I'm bad at stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I that's like my that's my Black Friday splurge every year is a Peacock and Hulu. We'll send you <laughs> a Ooh, Peacock. Yeah. yeah, I usually yeah, post a link in, in the in the group, so uh, I'll, I'll probably post a link and be like, "Look, everybody, get this deal." <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's cool. so when, when you were in California, did you, is that when you started doing comedy? Did oh, you yeah. to like pursue it because of showbiz? Um, so it's kind of my, my path to comedy is kind of weird because I, I was, my dad kind of raised me. I feel like I've kind of talked to you guys about this a little bit before my dad sort of raised me in this like junior film school environment where like I watched citizen Kane when I was a kid and I like we had all these like how to write movies books around the house, and my dad wrote scripts. And you yeah, um, did tell us about that. That's super cool, though. Go ahead. Yeah. And uh, I it made me want to work in the industry. God, this damn cake is so disappointing. Um, it made <laughs> me it made me really want to work in the industry. But also, when I was a kid, I also had insomnia, and in the 90s when comedy central first came out at night they just played people's clips like i'm pretty sure that's all it ever was was because it was just clips it was just like two to five minutes a person just clip after clip after clip maybe wow. with some, sometimes there was like um sometimes there was information about who it was sometimes there wasn't like it just wow. depended on the clip i think yep so in real quick in my area I didn't get Comedy Central on my cable carrier until South Park blew up. Oh, really? Yeah, so like one or two years in a South Park, and that's when I got Comedy Central. I think I know how to make this more moist. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, because like we, our cable carrier, we had it right away. Like, because I remember, I like remember when it came out. Mm-hmm. And so I remember watching that stand up and I remember being like, I want to do this. And this is when I'm like five, six years old, <laughs> but then like life happened. Um, and I got, I, I got really kind of bullied when I was a kid and it made me really insecure. And I tried out for everything. I tried out for everything. Like I tried out for every single sport. I tried out for every play I tried out for choir. I tried out for everything because I was like, I've got to be good at something. <laughs> and I really wish that they had had like a comedy troupe or something that would have been more comedy or stand up adjacent at yeah. where I went to school and stuff. But we didn't have that. So I didn't really. The closest thing I had was I did improv. Mm-hmm. We had improv. So I did improv in high school. But then, and then I, like, I really enjoyed improv and I, I wanted to keep doing it. But then when I was in college, I got diagnosed with the MS mm-hmm. and that kind of put a halt on everything for a super long time. Fast forward like 12 years, 
2014, I started listening to Pete Holmes podcast, uh, You Made It Weird, mm -hmm. uh, which is a really, really great podcast. And that podcast, listening to all the stand up comedians, like reminded me, oh, right, this is a thing I've always wanted to do. And I sort of like put it away for a really long time. And so in 2014, I was like, I'm going to do stand up. Like I decided. And oh, then I wow. did not do stand up for three years <laughs> uh, uh, because I lived in the DC. I was still living at home. I was because I had moved home because I'd lived in California for about six years. I moved home for about six years. And now I've lived in Chicago for about six years, which is why I'm ready to go because it's been six years. And I'm like, OK, my that's my time. But the DC, the DC comedy scene is a little clicky and it's kind of hard to break into. And there, there's a lot more open mics now than there was in 2014. Um, yeah, like, I can imagine and, that. Absolutely. yeah. And like, cause there was like no open mics in Northern Virginia. Like you had to go into DC proper to go to an open mic. And, um, I had a car, but I didn't like love driving in DC and driving in DC kind of sucks. It's kind of like driving in downtown here. It's like, it just sucks. And it's like, no one wants to do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so like, I didn't, I, and I was just like, I don't know. It was just like too scary. And then about three years later, I ended up in Chicago because of my job uh, paid for me to move here. And I wanted to live here anyway. And then I sort of fell into comedy. Like, um, I was, when I started, when I moved here to meet people, I, I, was I was actually in a pinball league, which I, I'm actually wearing one of the first shirt from the yeah. first season right now. <laughs> um, so I joined a pinball league to meet people. And well, I was I was leaving playing a league night, and this woman outside was in this like Paddington yellow raincoat, and I was like, and I was like, oh hi, and then she was like, oh my god, I love your shoes. The shoes I had on are these shoes I have that burgers on them they're bands <laughs> and they have like cheeseburgers on them like full it. ass burgers i always you know my burger shoes and so she complimented my shoes and we started talking and then we immediately added each other on facebook we realized that we both had the same first name we're both named katie and uh it turned out that she was a comic and she invited me to hang out like with some comics and then like i started hanging out at open mics and then about I don't know, within a couple months after we really started to hang out during the summer. Cause like we, we didn't like, we met each other and it was like months later we started hanging out, but I just started to hang out. And then I was like, Oh, right. Again, this is something I want to do. So I like, I came up with one joke. It wasn't even really a joke. It was a story, a funny, stupid story about how I thought I was going to get murdered dressed like Miley Cyrus because I had worn it uh, as a costume to a Halloween party <laughs> and then got too high by accident. <laughs> and that was the first story that I told that like it was like the first story and I told it at this like now defunct not existent bar or mic anymore oh. I actually told it at a mic that's like hated when people talk about this mic it's kind of like <laughs> people, yeah oh people because I guess the guy who owned the bar which the bar was named Patsy's which but great my roommate from the other room just now went oh <laughs> 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 <Patsies>. <laughs> <laughs> the forbidden bar it was just the owner was such a jerk and then the guy who hosted the mic was kind of a jerk and so it was just like this is going to be in public so people are going to hear me talk about this this is fine um i just every everyone kind of like has been like remember patsy's god what a dog shit mike <laughs> like, <laughs> 
And because like Whoa. the owner was like a jerk. Like there would be there's all these broke comics and like he would like harass people about like buying stuff. And like because you were supposed to have like a one item minimum, like you're supposed to buy a thing, which is like fine. I don't have a problem with that. But he would like harass people like you need to buy a soda or a beer or something. <laughs> There's a reason why that bar is not in business anymore. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god! Like yeah, that's crazy though. How comedy kind of kept coming back to you and coming back. Yeah, yeah. Like it's. I love. I really love telling that the burger short shoe story because it's such a like serendipity story. Because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it would have. I I literally like. Everyone always assumes that I moved to Chicago to do stand up, and I'm like, no, I moved here because of my job. But it only took. It took like less than six months for me to meet people who weren't stand up and then it was like within eight months i was doing it by complete accident like you just yeah completely by accident but it was like as soon as i was at an open mic this is ridiculous and this is how you know we're all unwell like the minute i was at an open mic i was like i need to do this (laughs) i need to get up there and say things (laughs) and at that time because chicago's uh pretty notorious for comedy so I'm sure at that yeah. time it was pretty thriving and there was mm-hmm. a lot of open mics to go to. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I really, I mean, I talk about this all the time with comics here. Like I miss, I, I miss pre pre COVID mics. Cause we used to have like three times more mics, three times more mics than we have now. Like we have, like, there's like a bunch of days where we just like, it never recovered. And so there's just like not as many mics on certain days. That's crazy. It's better. But yeah, no, when I started, it was like, oh my gosh, every night of the week, there was a million mics I could choose from. And they were in all the different neighborhoods. Um, You could easily, if if you wanted to like really grind, you could do like four (laughs) mics. If you just like timed it out well, which you could pretty easily do most any night. Um, Not, that's actually like nearly impossible to do now because uh, people don't know how to do things anymore as well. (laughs) Well, it's just that the people that are putting these mics together are either just like, some of them are new people and they don't completely know what they're doing because maybe they started during Zoom. And so like, there's some like stuff that they don't think about. And that's like what time other people have their mics. Like you want people to be able to come to your mic and you don't want people to have to choose and you have to like, I'm got. There's a comic who's actually way more respected than me, uh, who brought this up uh, recently, and I was like, oh, I'm so glad she's bringing it up because people will listen to her. People won't listen to me. I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have a weird relationship with Chicago comedy, where like it's technically it's my home scene, but it doesn't feel like home. Yeah, because you're not from there, like essentially maybe it's i don't know i think it's a combination of where i think all comedy scenes are clicky yeah and i have just never been a person that's on inside baseball like i'm never in the inside fold of anything ever i'm like you know i'm like the kid who was picked last in dodgeball kind of thing like yeah no me too me too same yeah or like we we were talking the other day sorry we were talking the other day and like um i kind of unlocked this thing in my brain where in almost every situation where I've been, whether it's been working, social, living, whatever, I've always felt like I didn't belong. Like I was mm-hmm. out, like an outsider. Yeah, me too. And so I'm kind of like working on fixing that or whatever. I don't know, you know, being an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on I'm trying working to mature. On, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. 
well, I have this, like, I have this, like, perpetual, like, no one's going to come to my birthday party feeling. Oh like, 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 it's like a perpetual, it's horrible. Like, and, like, having to cancel my show this week, I was like, it's fine. It's fine that no one's coming to my birthday. Like, I was like, it's fine. Oh. <laughs> You're a really good producer. I, I really loved your, um. I think it was, like, cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Is that the backyard I think one? it was the backyard one. Yeah. Your yeah. little setup was cute. It was, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah. I miss, biggest regret in my life is, uh, losing that apartment where I was able to do that show. Cause mm. I, I miss that apartment pretty much every day. <laughs> I miss that apartment every day. It was such a good apartment. And I feel really strongly about one. The reason why I canceled my show is because I couldn't pay people fairly. I wasn't going to just throw the show knowing it wasn't going to make any money and not pay people as much as I would like to pay them or what they deserve to be paid. Yeah. And I think a lot of producers don't care about that. Like people will act like they care, but then I watch people do stuff and I'm like, "Mm." it's just like people who talk about like they care about um, making diverse lineups. Mm -hmm. Like, like I am so like my eyes, my eyes hurt from rolling them at all the like (laughs) all male lineups or like we got three comics and they're all dudes. And I'm like, you couldn't have one person who wasn't a dude and they're all white dudes or like <laughs> or like it's always like and they're all white it's gonna be and then like yeah. people are like oh well i don't like feel like i need to work diverse things blah blah i'm like yeah well the thing is marcos laura who's a really great producer in uh illinois and out of rockford and marcos put it really really well he's like if you book diversely you're going to have different jokes like that is actually one of the benefits of booking diversely is you don't have a bunch of people that all sound the same or accidentally kind of selling, sounding, uh, telling jokes that sound the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I think a lot of people just like throw comedy shows together. They don't, they're not, I, I like to curate when I make a show. I like to mm-hmm. like make a vibe and like put people together that like, I think will go well together. Yeah. I want people to like, one of the most, I, you guys are producers, you get this. One of the most magical things about comedy is curating a night and then watching it happen. Yes. And watching people enjoy it. And like that, I have never felt so fulfilled in my life, I think, as when I produce something and watch people enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. that goes for like baking, that goes for art that goes for everything when you produce something that others enjoy it makes you feel just like next level i've i've made something that makes a difference in other people's lives and you get real time validation on those things right yeah no totally we did a show uh it was july of 2021 it was our hypothetical comedy anniversary show at tommy t's <laughs> and we packed it out pretty good there was like 60 you know, maybe a little more than 60 people there. And it was just a great lineup. All the comics were killing really hard. And the headliner was on and he was doing good. And I went and as the, you know, I was the producer and the host of the show, but I went and I sat at a table with my two best friends from like my, my childhood. 
and mm-hmm. we are all three just sitting there just laughing and it was just so much fun and it was just incredible and they're like the whole place was packed it was just it was us it was a hypothetical comedy show you know mm-hmm. and so i love that that was a great moment for me that's yeah and it's like stand-up is such a like tricky craft in the sense is, that like yeah. you're not i hope to make money doing other things with like with writing and like scripts and doing that yeah. i don't think i'll ever make money doing stand-up and i'm okay with that like i would rather just have those special producer moments where like i just feel so good because i made people feel good yeah, yeah. um yeah. i'm at this like kind of cool place where i want people to laugh and i don't care if it's not me that makes them laugh mm-hmm. like i just want people to have a good time and like feel safe like that's also really important to me like i want people to be in a space where they're gonna feel like comfortable to be themselves and laugh and like relax that's same same uh wants for for our you know productions we want i mean going back to having a diverse line of comics it really speaks to the audience because the mm-hmm. audience is diverse as well. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, you can tell when they don't have the audience in mind. It, it they're not going to relate to every single you know person that looks like the next person than the next person. It's like they need an audience of all white males to get the jokes. Line up of all white males with an audience of all white males. In unison. It's not even laughter. It's just that's a good one. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's not even a comedy show. That's something completely different. They'd be heckled. <laughs> They'd get heckled so bad. They would get heckled. <laughs> I I did a show last night actually with a bunch of white new comics. And right. the good thing is they were all funny. They were all actually funny, which I, well, at least the ones, to be honest, the ones I listened to were funny. I didn't listen to all of them. I was really tired. I did two shows that like pretty much started at the same time last night. So I had to like do one show to five people because we didn't have a lot of tickets sold and then run to another show, which was full, but with all people laughing at white guy jokes. (laughs) (laughs) When the one guy told a pussy joke and then that was getting huge laughs and this other guy told a series of dick jokes, really. And that wow. was getting big laughs. I was like, oh, crap. They're not going to like anything I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that, too, when the comments were being hella raunchy and the crowd is, like, super laughing. I'm like, well, I'm not very raunchy, so. I know. Me neither. Like, my stuff's, like, very... I don't even write with curse words. I do curse in my stand-up, but, like, I don't write the curse words in. Also, like, sometimes it's a nervous thing when I curse. Like, it's not... I'm just, like, nervous because of, like, whatever the reason is. And I'll curse more than I mean to because I'm, like, I'm all, like, uh... And it's, like, I don't know. when After you do this for a while, you almost feel silly when you get nervous. But I... I call BS on anyone who says they don't get nervous. They're like, why are you getting nervous? <laughs> I'm like, because we're getting, I'm getting up in front of people and saying dumb crap that I hope makes them laugh. Like, I have a joke right now where all I say is I'm touching shoulders. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, like, because, well, no, I've been, I've been like, I've been doing, and this is a real thing, like, because that's all my stand-up is honest. That's another thing about my stand-up, too, is like, 
everything I say is true. I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I will embellish a little bit, but most of what I say is like, this is how it happened. I'm just telling it in this funny way. Like I have that new bit that I've been doing about how I lost my virginity to adult swim. And a bunch of people were like, Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> They're like, that's really funny. Wow. And I was like, no, that really happened. <laughs> that's a true story. It's like a real thing. Well, my favorite follow-up to that too, not to work a bit while we're talking, but is the day that I know the day that I lost my virginity because it's the day the Matrix 2 came out. (laughs) (laughs) Like Matrix Reloaded or whatever. Which Reloaded is kind of funny for a movie. You can see which event had more ticket sales. I think think my... um, Oh, no, no, no. That was a different thing. That period of my life is weird because I use movies to figure out days. Of like, like I know my oh, MS wow. diagnosis day because of the day that X Men Two came out. Oh, wow. Dang. and it's Another always sequel. yeah, it's, it's always sequels. What happened? With that <laughs> yeah, well, it was just it was the big sequels of two thousand three. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the day Jurassic Park Two came out. <laughs> I remember my life in sequels. <laughs> That's oh, good though. That would be like a lot of periods of my life where I could do that, but that that like little period of time. <laughs> I can remember stuff because of when movies came out. That would be a good bit, though. Your timeline is based on when movies came out. No, I, I every once in a while, <laughs> I'll do them as like riffs. I've done a, I've done, I've done like talking about the Matrix thing as like a riff, and I've talked about the, I've, I've done, I've, I've done it. See, I guess it's not like structured normal jokes I do all the time. I just do them as it comes up. The Adult Swim thing was something that I was doing as, as it came up, but then I did it a couple of times. And then I did it at a show where it went really, really well. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just doing that joke forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's happened to me before too. Like well, yeah, I need a joke now. I, you know, one of the things I struggle with is that I, I write too much almost. Um, and, and I don't like, there's a lot of like in Chicago, there's a big focus on like your, your hot five or whatever. I hate that term. It makes me roll my eyes, but, or like, uh, it's cause I did. And also like, I don't write that way. I don't think about like five perfect minutes of stand up. Like a lot of my jokes are like one to two minutes long. So I don't have it like a rapid fire high laughs per minute five minutes I just don't like I could I guess if I sat there and like parceled it out but that's not how I want to tell stand-up and yeah, so I don't more storytelling yeah no totally and I I've been writing more short jokes like I've like that's been coming up more because just because like I think I'm just trying to like work that muscle like practice mm-hmm. writing that way because it's nice to be able to write a one-liner or a two-liner or like have them in your back pocket like if shit's not going well and then you can quickly say this like here's this dumb you know (laughs) yeah here's here's something else that you might not think is funny let's see (laughs) because that is a little bit it's like when you do a bunch of one-liners it is just a crash you're just spaghetti at the wall (laughs) like and like i do okay i will say maybe i'm not the greatest comic of all time like i am starting to like have a little bit more right sizeness and my abilities right i might not be the greatest comic of all time but damn it i always get a laugh i rarely bomb 
and I can normally make at least one person laugh the whole time. (laughs) And I am okay if my demographic is really tiny. (laughs) Like, if it's really, (laughs) like, it's fine. I know, like, my, you guys have heard plenty of my stand-up. My stuff is a little offbeat. It's dark. It's it's a little different. Some of it, it's the kind of shit where you're like, am I supposed to laugh? Like, is this okay? <laughs> Are we? Is this all right? <laughs> like, I did the one of the my I did one of my shows last night when I did the I lost my virginity to Adult Swim. Normally, people I get like a good hearty laugh because it's funny, but somebody last night went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the response you want to a joke is is a hearty oh no yeah <laughs> I get that sometimes <laughs> he does. Yeah. oh he well goes- and I just got fired this week so like I had to bring it up in my stand up like I was like I didn't do any mics this week so this is why we're talking about it well because like I got fired because I had one bad day that's all it was I literally I had one bad shift because I was about to get on an airplane to go fly to my friend's funeral that next morning. Oh, wow. And um, I, I had a bad shift where I guess I was grumpy at someone when I didn't mean to be and I was rude. But what's funny, and this is where I feel like there is a joke, is that I ruined their entire vacation to Chicago. Like, I should not be given that much power. <laughs> like, I think wow. who Right? That's extreme. Like you had an interaction with a door person at one bar and they ruined your whole vacation? Dang. <laughs> like how much is your house made of hay, sir? How do like, they deal with not light a match? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> oh my I God. used to I used to work at CVS and this one day I was on the phone with the customer and another customer walked up uh to the register. And she had like three things, so I just kind of rang up real quick and just you know let her go. She complained to Corbett because I was on the phone. She said it was the worst experience of her life. Oh my god! And we it was, like a, it was like a thirty to sixty second interaction. <laughs> I think I mean worst I didn't get fired, experience but like, of her whole life, dude. Yeah, I got written up for that. You're the worst. <laughs> I think we have. Well, what's wild is that standards. I'm like, wow, that's a, you must have, live a pretty nice life, right? Was... <laughs> Dang. Well, also, I like. I keep thinking about like how crappy was your vacation? Yeah. Like I ruined it. Dang. That's crazy. Like I was the linchpin of a good vacation. <laughs> like really? <laughs> all because of like a quick interaction. <laughs> it was you. all in your hands. Yeah, all because I mean, of like, quick interaction. Like, you ruined the entire. I've worked. Vacation. Yeah, I've worked in customer service and had to deal with people's BS since I was sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like way too effing long at this point, over twenty years, and so it's like I know how to be nice to people. Like I also am a rare breed of human where I like to be nice. weird like i actually enjoy being kind and nice and being thoughtful of other human beings i enjoy it yeah yeah but when you're in an overstimulating environment and people are very demanding and and people are kind of assholes it makes it difficult to stay nice yeah i also think as a society we expect too much nice (laughs) i think i think we expect people to be way too nice like i have this thing sometimes have you ever had someone be rude to you and you're kind of like cool with it you're like, you know what? That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe not necessarily cool with it, but like, you know, it didn't bother me for more than 30 seconds. You know, I kind right. of like moved on with my life. Like, uh-huh. that sucked, but whatever. You know, my mm-hmm. vacation to Chicago wasn't ruined. 
<laughs> too soon. <laughs> well, it's weird too because like my boss had to call me and fire me on the phone. Oh wow! Oh. And she like, I could tell in her voice that she didn't want to fire me. Oh. <laughs> Do you think that the lady owner, was the owner made her fire me? Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> You fire her right now. The lady had a gun to her. Like, you fire yeah, like pretty much. Like the complaint happened, and the owner was like, "Fire the host." Wow. Like there was no like consideration that like I was going through something that night. Right. I had a complaint about me before that it was a one timer. It was like, a right, one time situation. I've seen I've, I've seen people where like they get you know where they think unfair customer service or whatever the case, and they go for the person's job like that. Yeah. I've seen that. That's mm-hmm. that's so crazy because they it's like they feel like they're justified or whatever, you know, but it's, it's like they're hurting the other person for a one interaction. It's but ridiculous. They don't realize that it's like something internal for themselves that's yeah. triggered. Yep. And it really has nothing to do with the person that they're interacting with. Right. Exactly. And I yep. think a lot of the reason why uh, we get uh, these weird miscommunication things is because Sam and I were talking about it the other day is like, we don't know how to read each other's tells like someone like for me personally, uh, when I'm anxious, like in an anxious mode, uh, I cuss more often. My voice sounds more rigid. I sound like I'm angry, but I'm just anxious. I'm scared. I'm like, I'm having like mm-hmm. anxiety. I and sound really mad when, I, I'm when angry. I'm anxious too. I got to mean. Yeah. And the furrow brows. Yeah, and apparently my br- my eyebrows look like this. Like like dag- like a cartoon. Like, like daggers, <laughs> just like, like this. Daggers, <laughs> like little daggers. Yeah. It's You're like, oh no, Athena's eyebrows are. <laughs> She's angered. <laughs> it was funny because she'd be like, "Oh yeah, when I used to work at this place like 20 years ago, this person was afraid of me," and like. I'm so short and he was so tall. I don't know why he's afraid of me. Oh, he like, goes, he goes, Athena, you know, you're a really intimidating person. And I'm like, literally, I had to look up at him like, me? Like, so little. Like maybe I can actually because, see that. Maybe it's because your um, eyebrows are always so angry. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you're direct. <laughs> You're kind of a direct, I feel like you're kind of a direct person because of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And that probably makes people uncomfortable. Cause I know I'm similar where like, if you're just sort of like, I don't know, people don't know what to do when you're very forthcoming with information. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, people, I feel like when you're really nice too, when you're really nice and you're very forthcoming, people are like, this is a trap. What are you trying to do? Yes. <laughs> Like it's totally like it's I it's so messed up. Like, but adults like when people are really nice to them, they get suspicious. Like I have learned this. Like people like will not like me, but it's because they don't trust me because they think I'm gonna do something sneaky because I'm nice, right? And the, oh, the yeah. weird part about it is, it's like it's your way of like going. I don't want people to be tricked. Like I was tricked, so I'm gonna be you know completely transparent and get yes, all the information older and get I'm just like here's everything I just this me yeah <laughs> this you know me. it's crazy too because I'm the same way I'm completely transparent I like you know I'm completely honest about myself and about everything and then I, I take everybody at face value which a lot of times I probably mm. shouldn't 
but I do because mm. I can be taken at face value, you know? So I'm yeah, I used to... I used to have this big philosophy that I assumed everyone uh, was good until yeah, they proved yeah. otherwise. And unfortunately, I do not hold that philosophy anymore. I think at best, most people are neutral. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. I wish that everybody was good. <laughs> but unfortunately, because of society and all the different factors and different environment, like people's... Uh, it's weird because p- people grow up in different kinds of families and like, yeah. you don't think about how people grow up and it's like, like, have you ever, have you ever been, have you ever talked to someone about like their childhood and you've been like, what, why? And like, you don't understand. Have you ever had a conversation with someone like oh, that yeah. before? Oh, in the, in the sense of like, um, I couldn't relate just because I didn't understand like, as in a, my upbringing was more traumatic. Mm-hmm. And so the things that they were like saying as trauma were, were like things that I couldn't relate to. Okay. Like I, got, I don't know. If I that got makes three sense. cookies instead of four cookies. Right. It's just like, like my dad left and I'm like, he didn't stay to beat you. Yeah. Like it was, <laughs> you know, it was stuff like that. And so yeah. I did. I, I was more, I had a very, I don't know, as a kid, I was more like an adult because it was that kind of like trying to fight or flight through my whole like childhood. So yeah, you be kind of responsible say, for yourself kind of thing. Yeah. Or like when people talk about growing up with siblings, I don't, Yeah, it's hard same. for me to relate because I don't get it. I'm an only same. child. So we're both an only child. And so when her kids are fighting oh over like. God nothing we're like i don't get it we're like I don't get why it why are you fighting You're, like one time when they were much younger like this is like maybe almost 10 years ago uh they were at where we used to live in san jose the our roommates had a dog and they were like scooping up dog poop in the front yard and they were fighting over the poops <laughs> and we're like why why we don't understand why you guys fight but we're both only child so we never really got that so yeah totally <laughs> a long answer yes we agree with you <laughs> we forgot our riddling like, yeah. um, like my roommate will be like because it's like yeah it is it's weird because like people do like different people experience trauma but like if that trauma is really unrelatable you're like what are you talking about (laughs) that's like you don't want to be dismissive you don't want to be reductive other people's experiences but you're also like oh (laughs) (laughs) you're you're trying to read their face going yeah that shouldn't have happened like that that was wrong of them not to take you to the bahamas (laughs) For spring break. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think everybody like goes through different things and different patterns of their life. Like a person who didn't have quite the traumatic childhood would encounter possible adversity and contrast in their teen years or in their twenties or in their thirties. Like we all kind of like go through these weird things at different times of our lives. And recover from them too. Yeah, sometimes. No, for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, in my family, I'm a fixer. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm the one that makes everything sure everything's okay. And one of the reasons why I don't live, I love my family. I have a really great relationship with them, but I cannot live near them because I will start <laughs> trying to fix oh, instead yeah. of taking care of myself. So a big reason why I live far away from them is that. Because, like, when I was a kid, I mean, this is still true. Like, if if it happens, like, it'll just, like, slip up, like, those old family dynamics. You'll just be like, oh, right, I don't need to, like, I don't need to make sure everybody's okay. Everybody's all right. I don't need to do anything. And actually, that carries through to comedy. That I'm always, like, I want to make sure everybody's just having a good time. Like I said, I don't care if I'm not the person making them laugh. I just want to make sure everybody's having fun <laughs> don't leave the party please <laughs> just, like, you just got here like, <laughs> there's punch and it's good <laughs> coffee cake it's very dry <laughs> i am disappointed with this coffee cake <laughs> i really am is, is I it a crumb like cake name. i feel like oh. that could be the name of a comedy special i'm disappointed with this coffee cake <laughs> <laughs> is it a crumb cake or a crummy cake <laughs> it's, it's, it's both it is both. I don't know. The problem is I'm going to have to get one of my other people. I'm one of the other humans in this apartment to try it. Um, to tell me what they think right now. You know, Athena, do you have this anxiety with your kitchen where like you hear somebody else in your kitchen and there's something that you made it's sitting on the counter and you're positive that something bad's going to happen to the thing on the counter because somebody else is in there. And like you want, I don't know if this happens to you or not, but this happens to me and you have kids, which probably makes more worry when they're in there uh not so much i like when they they eat the food yeah i always want them to eat the food what i who i don't want to eat the food is gizmo so yeah if i see gizmo (laughs) walking towards the kitchen i'm like (laughs) not because she knows she's not allowed on the countertops and mm-hmm. so, like, sometimes I've caught her, and she's like, oh, and she runs down really fast. Because a lot of people, like, their cats will go on their, their dinner table, their, their counters and stuff, and for some reason, Gizmo just always always known that she's not allowed to go up there. She still does, but if we walk in the room, she runs off and pretends like she wasn't. So we know she knows. So we know she knows, <laughs> yeah. She aware. Oh man. And then you know what I found out recently was uh um because I, I have a bunch of spider plants in my bathroom. And mm-hmm. the reason I picked spider plants because they're non-toxic to pets, right? Cats. Mm-hmm. Uh but then she got into the bathroom and started munching on them and she started oh, acting like a fucking crazy ass. And I found out that they have like a shroom trip uh-huh. kind of like thing for them. It's psychoactive to Getting them. In there, every time that bathroom is slightly ajar, she will try to get in there for it. And I'm like, bro, you better get away from my babies. Yeah, she does. <laughs> and then we'll go one time when her one of her plants was knocked over. Oh my god! And then there was like chew marks, and I think it was like she was going for the big leaves. <laughs> like, <he's laughs> That's funny. That's Charlie. I have to keep my spider plant hung super, super high up so you can't get it. And then now that it's getting warm enough, it'll go outside soon. Nice. Oh, wow. That's cool. I like that. Charlie's awesome. Yeah, Charlie is pretty great. Um, I have this fantasy about doing stand-up with Charlie just being on the stage with me. Nice. Well, you've done it. You've done it on Zoom. I know. 
and he really likes the sound of people laughing. Oh, interesting. Um. Oh yeah. Like, whenever, I do a, whenever I do a Zoom mic, even if he doesn't start out in the room I'm in, he'll eventually come in and and be like close and checking it out because he likes the sound of people. He likes people. Aww. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Like in part cool. of it, I think what it is, he's like, "Oh, there's a party. <laughs> like, let me go hang out. Maybe people oh will pet me." Yeah, <laughs> that is so cute, Katie. Is... You just said okay that you have the feeling of always being like, "Come to my party, come to my party," and Charlie's like, "Hey, there's a party." <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so party so, people. <laughs> even if nobody else shows up to your party, Charlie will still show up. Yeah, it's really <laughs> annoying that <laughs> you have to pretend. To not care mm-hmm. for people to care. I agree. It's stupid. It really I think is. a lot of things we do societally, uh, anthropo- anthropologically, I did it. I got the whole word out. There you go. Um, but I think there's this like weird stuff we do. And I think like this whole thing, like the loser thing, like, oh, that person's a loser. Let's keep making, let's, let's keep ignoring them. And, like, I wish, yeah, like, I have this thing where, like, I just, I feel like it's, like, wearing a scarlet letter. Like, I am, I've got the L for loser. And that, and everybody knows. And so, like, that's why they're not booking me on the shows. And that's why uh, people won't buy tickets to my shows. Because I've got an L on my sweater. And everyone knows. Um, But it's, like, it's a societal thing. Like we we make movies about it. There's the tropes, and the thing is, the tropes are based on something. Like they're not just ideas that we were like, oh, these are great. We'll just use them all the time. It's like no, these are real like things that we do. Sorry, now I'm just stoned and babbling. No, no, no. it's okay. No, it makes sense because yeah. like you said that you were picked on in school. And yeah, we exactly, exactly. I was picked on in school because I, the like, mentality of like. Oh well, this person's. Let me put this person down more. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I was already me. a weirdo. Like I was always a weird Same. kid. Yeah, I was always different, and, and I, I did. Like, like I said before, I was always like an outsider, like an outcast. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you, and and like when you're a kid, like that stuff really sticks with you. When you're yeah. when you're told you're not part of over and over and over, you're like, oh well, I'm not part of. And actually, this came up when I it was um, a couple weeks ago, um, two weeks ago. I was out doing mics on a Sunday night because it's a good night to do comedy. And I was talking to this one host of this mic that's like was started by Rena Calm, um, who you might have heard of. Rena Calm is like pretty, pretty well known uh, originally from Chicago comic, like national touring. Anyway, Rena Calm started this mic. So I was like, oh, it's an important mic. And so I never went. Because I thought it wasn't for me. Like, I thought I didn't belong there. And that that was for the cool kid comics. And that was for this group of people. It wasn't for me. So I didn't go for a really long time. And then recently, honestly, because of lack of options, I tried this mic out. And I actually, like, I love this mic. I kill. Like, I do really, really well every time. It's a good place to try and see if material works. I talked to the host about it. And I was like, yeah, I just didn't think it was a place for me. He He looked at me. Like, I had eight heads. He was like, what do you mean not a place for you? And I was like, you know, because I'm weird. And he's like, <laughs> oh. he's like, I don't understand. And I'm like, 
you know, like, my stuff's a little different. He's like, I still don't, I don't understand why I don't want to be a place for you. You know, imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, well, he goes, he, he even said, he goes, you do really well whenever you come. Like, you, you always do really well. And I was like, but I just don't. Yeah, but then when I did my, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I am class. I, I'm definitely like, I'm in this like weird. I don't know. Comedy's hard. It, you, it you is. have to, you have to like keep. Comedy's hard because you have to, with self awareness, think that something is good. And you have to be self aware to know when something isn't funny. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! There's and, so many comedians that. Oh, that, hold on one second. Scenes. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Charlie. Oh no, Charlie's in trouble. <laughs> Are dropping a deuce. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> All right. He got he he has really long applause. Is he got he was messing with something he shouldn't have been. He got uh, stuck. <laughs> oh, he got stuck. Uh, but there's well, a lot he's, of he's comics... like sitting over there and he's like, uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, buddy. I have to do that before he pulls his shoulder. Yeah, because he always like twist his body around so it's like he's like this, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but you, but you just mentioned there's a lot of comics who go up on stage. And their jokes are absolute dog shit, but they come off right. stage like they're the greatest thing in comedy. That's the thing is, and then what what happens to me is I am worried that I am that guy. <laughs> like I am worried that that's me. But like Telling- no laughs. Like there's the contrasting difference. Is like you'll get at least one person to laugh, and we've witnessed mm. like no, you are nothing. You are crickets. very funny. Like I, we saw your comedy just blossom during the pandemic. Yeah. You were just Aww. so amazing. Like, especially towards the, like, towards the end when we were doing the, the Afternoon Delight a lot, and you would go on there, and you were, like, you would just rip it. Oh, you my were gosh. So you just jumped that. in. Yeah. God, I miss Afternoon Delight. I miss that mic so much. It was such a good exercise for my brain, and it made me feel awesome oh every gosh. time. I was like, oh, my God, look how good I am at this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, there were so many times where I get on stage and I- yeah, I don't feel that way, but I love that mic. It was like it felt so good. Yeah, and that combo platter, man. A lot of people like it's it's a big challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. And you would just tackle it every or time. Or when a newbie person did a combo platter, and <laughs> okay. it was like, oh, like they're like, oh. yeah. <laughs> like, never mind. Do you, it. <laughs> like, do you think that you'll ever do like a one-off here and there of afternoon delight? Because damn, should, you, should. you should like do some like pop-ups of that mic. Cause I can understand not having the bandwidth to do it every week. Cause that's a lot, mm-hmm. but you should do a pop-up. Cause that mic really has been does roll. I, love <laughs> I love all the stuff. We, we, we to want do. to eventually plan to do one in person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be so great. I would. Right. I really wish that it wasn't like proprietarily something that belonged to someone else, but I really wish that I could do the wheel mic with Tara. Oh my gosh. I always, I've always said my, my least favorite thing about the wheel (laughs) mic is that I didn't think of it. (laughs) It's incredible. It's such an incredible idea. That's so fun. Yeah. Like I so badly want to. I do too. I wanted to do that on zoom. Like I wish I I, I couldn't because it was her thing. But like, yeah. I, I would have loved to do something like that where the wheel with the topics and the people's names, I was that was incredible. Three wheels, names, topics, times. That's so yeah. Cool. 
That was no, that I was just I, that would be such a good live mic. Like it that would be, be super fun. There is like a couple mics here that are a little different that use wheels, um, but they're like one offs, and they used to be, exist a lot more pre COVID. Because there's something when you do straight stand up. Doing a little improv stuff is nice. It's like a nice stretch almost. Yeah. And it gives, I, I don't, there's several jokes I wrote just from like ideas I got from doing Afternoon Delight um, or doing uh, Tara's mic. That's awesome. That is really cool. Yeah. And then like when I do stand up, I'll usually do like one or two jokes that are just for that night, like about whatever's going on in the room or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to do that too. I have to like I that's one of the big things over the last couple of years. I have to f- make myself focus. Because oh, like I'll have set jokes I want to work on, but sometimes I get really carried away and like riffing or yeah. commenting or whatever. Cuz like sometimes you will hear some like sometimes you're in an open mic and the person before you does the most insane shit you've ever heard in your life and you're like <laughs> I can't go up there and not talk about this. <laughs> like, I can't like there was a guy I couldn't tell you what he said because I try to immediately dump that crap out of my brain but he said some pretty off the wall stuff and so I got up and I was like oh that guy is gonna be on Dateline for sure (laughs) 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 we'll see him again on TV just not how he hopes you know yeah that was one of my favorite parts about hosting that online mic that I was hosting is Uh that I could kind of go up after everybody and just make my little comments about each person's set or whatever, you know, um, I, I there's a joke that I have that's one of my favorite jokes that I wrote as a riff between somebody's sets on that mic. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, yeah absolutely. My cat joke. <laughs> it's always oh, a yeah. cat joke. It's always a cat joke. So, Kitty, you talked about having, like, knowing when to let a joke go. Uh, have you personally had a favorite joke that you tried real hard <laughs> to make work, but nobody liked it? And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have a couple of them. <laughs> There's a couple of them. Cause I, I am, I have practiced kill your darlings the whole time. Like that was something I learned really early. I might, I probably let things, I probably throw things away when I shouldn't, to be honest. Like I probably move through things probably too quickly. But there is a joke that I've been doing in the last like six months or so about my resentment about going to the bathroom um, that like I resent having to pee uh, <laughs> like most of the time because I find whenever you have to go to the bathroom, it's always at the most inconvenient moment. It's like you just made hot food and you're about to sit down and right at that moment, your body's like, ding, ding, ding. We have to go to the bathroom right now. And it's like, cool, my food is very hot and it will not be when we're done with this experience. But all right, great. And it's like, I nobody, that like does not resonate with people. Like it turns out that most people love going to the bathroom. Wow. I feel like I do about it. And that's why I feel like you do about it though. It's a waste of time. Thank you. Yeah. And it's always interrupting. It's always interrupting everything else in your life. I told this to my mom when I was home and it resonated hard with my mom. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh okay, that's where I get it from. That's, that's where I get it from. <laughs> and then I have this joke, which I actually have not. It's not a joke that I will say that I've like killed or that I won't do again. It's a joke that I am certain that I can do well one day. <laughs> and it's 
uh, it's a dark, it's because it's so dark. It's so dark that it's like, oh, how do I get people to laugh about this? So basically when I was in high school, the first um, couple, like the first like three weeks of high school, um, the very first time I got called to the office, um, it was because they were telling me that my Girl Scout leader had died in a car accident. Oh, dang. So this is the very first time in high school I was called the office. So as a result, for the rest of high school, every time I was called to the office, I thought someone was dead. Whoa. Oh, man. Talk about anxiety. Wow. Dang. You know what be crazy is if you got called to the office, and then by the time you got to the office, the person that said on the loudspeaker was dead. Oh my god! <laughs> no, <laughs> like the principal coming up is like after the principal was dead. I don't know what happened. <laughs> There's a there was a there was like a secretary for one of the administrators who was the mom of a guy I knew in high school, and um, she called me the wrong name, like all of high school. I actually <laughs> like I can't. I can't remember if she used to call me Shannon or Deborah. Oh my god! It's not even close. Why not even never close. Yeah. Oh no, not even remotely my name. And I have no idea why. And I never. She was so nice to me, and I never corrected her. I, I just was like, "Well, she is fond of me. She just doesn't know my name, and that's fine." <laughs> like she, she would like let me use the phone to call my mom. Like she was super nice to me. She would like let me sit in the office when my anxiety was really bad, and I didn't have a word for it at the time. So I was just like, "I don't want to be out there." <laughs> You're like, "Hi, mom. It's uh Shannon, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's me." <laughs> 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 your mom's like, who is Shannon? <laughs> you have to Thanks, Mrs. Voice. Logan. I know your son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, so what do you have going on right now in Chicago? Anything going on over there? Um, Honestly, no. But not in like a bad way. I've got some shows on the horizon. Um, I'm really trying to move out to L.A., Oh wow! Um, and so, like, that's my biggest focus. Um, yeah. Even though, like, life just keeps handing me a bunch of crap <laughs> instead of being helpful. Um, but it's crazy though because the your your other two big moves to California the first time and then to Chicago kind of just like happened by accident, not accident, but like the universe just kind of said, "Here you go, you're moving now." And so yeah, I feel little, like that's like that's what can happen for you again. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. God damn it, Sam. That's a really good point. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, shit. Okay. I like to think that I'm super introspective and super self aware. <laughs> <I've been." laughs> I think that would be really good for you, though. You know, you uh, there's a lot of more comedy out there, a lot more opportunities, and you do belong, you know, so you'll do great out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like people, um, a lot of times when people find out I lived in California, they just think I'm from there. And I'm like, no. And then, like, people think I'm from the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's when I lived there, everybody just thought I was from there. Like, when I lived in Davis, people just assumed I was from Davis. And I guess, I I guess, especially at the time, I had a real Davis vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, I like rode a bike. (laughs) It was very crunchy. I had my long, it was when my hair was like long and wavy, very hippy dippy looking. (laughs) 
That's awesome. Oh. Well, I hope you do uh, make it out to LA. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome for you. Yeah, I do. I, I well, I'm going out there for a fest uh, okay. in about a month. Oh, left, right. Girl. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I actually, because I got fired, I'm like one of the ways that I dealt with it immediately was I was like, I'm moving that flight. And so like, I originally was only going for like a couple of days and then I changed my flight where I was like, fuck this. And I was like, now I'm staying for like over a week. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got the time now. Yeah. And so like, um, maybe, maybe that's, that's, maybe that's going to be my serendipitous moment is that that period of time that I just picked. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm crashing on someone's couch for a few days, and then I'm staying. There's a really great um hostel that's wa- like t- well, okay, like technically walking distance to um uh Dow Studios, uh Comedy Studio, um, but it's like I don't know. This like hostel feels like super luxurious. <laughs> there's like a fucking. There's like a. There's like a patio deck thing, and I don't know. It just feels so nice. Like for like for paying like. T- $30 a night for somewhere in LA. Oh, it feels wow. like the nicest thing ever. Yeah, hostels are amazing. You just have to share a room with people, which isn't awesome. Um, but I currently share a room with someone, so I really don't care. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like my roommate snores, they'll be just different snoring people. Like that's that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, for 30 bucks a night, you can't beat that. That's cool. Yeah, I really like, I mean, people, I mean, people should know about hostels, but like also, I don't know, there's a whole movie that's uh, the horror, horror, yeah. torture porn stuff called Hostel, which sort of really, yeah, you're right. Cause people. I don't really know what hostels are, but when I hear the word, I do think of like, oh, you know, people are getting murdered or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> horror it's and it's and like hostile, hostile. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the place I like the place I stayed is like so benign. Like there's nothing scary about it at all. Like oh, it's like, it's like it's like almost disappointingly like not <laughs> <laughs> They're like and this is the part of the fridge that you can use and there's no dead body part. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just fun, the only thing that's know? funny is that you can't I did a bunch of jokes about this after I went last year, but you can't, um, you can't have like drugs of any kind, including cannabis on their property. And so what I did last year was I hid my weed in like a pile of trash (laughs) 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 because Koreatown has a lot of trash. There's just a lot of trash everywhere. There's just like furniture bits everywhere. And I just, like, I found this bit of trash. I was like, okay, I'm just going to hide it in here. And I sort of was like, okay, if someone took it. Like, I was like, all right, if somebody, okay, like, yeah. comes upon my weed. Right? <laughs> if I lose it, it's not the end of the world. But if I don't lose it, it's still going to be there. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. And I also, like, I, I also did that very white person thing of me, which I was like, well, if someone finds it, they probably just need it real bad. And like, <laughs> what a good person of me to like maybe put it here for someone. Like, uh, so you were that person. <laughs> and then I, and then it was true of me looking for something to eat, and they're like, "Oh, dang!" Yeah, because it was like their whole thing. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing with the hostels, like you just can't have it on the premises. But it was like apparently in the trash heap on the sidewalk. Right next That's to fine. it. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> that is amazing. That That's is smart amazing. too. That is really smart. Yeah, because like you said, either you you know it'll be there or it won't be there. But yeah, and it was just like I don't know. 
I probably do dumb stuff. I, I have borderline personality disorder, so I make impulsive decisions. And I'm also just, I'm very, like, I'm too trusting, probably. Like, I get told all the time that people are like, Katie, why are you, you just leave your things, like, right here, like, anyone. And I'm like, first of all, none of my stuff has value. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you steal from me, you're a stupid criminal. <laughs> like, I'm, like, there's no money in my bank accounts. I just lost the job where I got paid cash. No more cash in my wallet. Like there's nothing. Like I have the bit about how I've never been jumped and it's because I look visibly poor. <laughs> like, that is hilarious. Yeah, like I visibly look like I don't have any money. It's I look like I should time. be given a dollar. A waste of their time mm-hmm. and she probably are the they they probably like beat their ass, right? I don't think you would go down without a fight. <laughs> That's the thing is everyone thinks that. That's actually one of the reasons why I got into being like a, a, a bouncer. It was because like, I look tough. I am not tough. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no, I'm not tough at all. I'm not tough at all. Like I'm in PT right now. <laughs> I'm in PT for my MS right now. And like, I it's actually in my charts, like still fatigues quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so like oh no it's great like i look like i can punch like i look Hell yeah because i'm like in like boots i'm like six foot tall like in the right pair of boots i'm like six feet tall and so like, i'm just a big fucking mammoth person but no cannot fight wow i am i am uh as they say uh the kids say a pussy hell yeah hell yeah well that is super awesome katie i do hope you make it out to la hell yeah yeah and thank yeah, you so much too. for uh thanks so much for talking to us and for joining us it was a, a yeah lot sorry it was a little all over the place <laughs> it was fun no it was fun you know you painted good, a good, picture good. and we were able to to find out more about your life and things like that. It was super fun. Yeah. And I didn't even, you know what? And I didn't even tell any drug stories. I oh, didn't, geez. I didn't, I did not regale with any, with any, any of my crazy stories. Those for another time. Well, it's not too late. Heck yeah. Another, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll try to have you circle back after you move to California. Yeah. I get that. Up there. Yeah. So more stories. Yeah, hopefully I don't have new drug stories. I'm trying to not have any new oh, drug stories. Old, <laughs> old drug stories. <laughs> no, I am literally like um, lowering my antidepressants right now so that I can start doing psychedelics again so that I can uh, uh, cry a bunch is what I want to do. Oh like, it's really God. hard to do on antidepressants. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate antidepressant, though. Yeah. Is doing uh, it really is. Oh, no, they're great. It's It's psychedelics do like that magical purge thing i feel like as people like we we like store up our emotions we like store them up we we're like bottling them up and if and when you trip it just all comes out whether you want it to or not it all comes out um and it's the best the best cry is when you're tripping that's such a good cry Mm -hmm. um and i i need to trip cry i need to trip cry i need that i need that in my life (laughs) so with my doctor's uh um uh, supervision. I am lowering my antidepressant. Kids, do not do that without doctor supervision to do drugs. Uh, do it. Uh, the drugs without their knowledge, but the lowering with their knowledge. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Do you want to? Uh, you want to plug your social media? 
Yeah, I am uh, the KT, uh, like the letters KT, Z-A-N-E, at TikTok and on Instagram. Awesome. You can follow me at Funky Sam Medina across the board. And I'm at She Shines For You, all spelled out. No numbers. No numbers. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, like threes turned around. (laughs) (laughs) 